How do I do that now? The one correction I would say to that is he said, he said, J.D., your life has just changed forever. I remember that really, really clearly because my boss had called me that day and he said, yeah, the planes went into the World Trade Center. I said, what's the World Trade Center? <laughs> I said, okay, well, it'll be there when I wake up. And then he called me and I thought, uh, this, is, this sounds a little bit bigger than, so that, then I went to the duty hut and all of us, sitting in there so there's skivvies and we're just watching the big flat screen and sure enough we're watching that and well we know the rest of the story what's that oh can't hear me my bad I'll, I'll go louder that's my fault all right so you guys you guys got the lowdown on what we're talking about today it's a roman centurion okay you're in matthew you're in matthew chapter eight today uh i'm excited about this but before I get to that, I have to tell you a story, okay? Yesterday, <laughs> okay, so yesterday, I'm, uh, Seth and Judd and me go golfing, okay? Because I'm, like, here never, and so we said, it's a good day to go golfing. I wake up at 6, no, I woke up much earlier than that, but I got out of bed at about 6 a.m., and I just see this, like, flashing. I'm like, what is Cindy doing in the kids' room that's making all this? Fl- well, it's the lightning storm, right? And I'm thinking, oh, man, our golf day's ruined. So I get, uh, anyway, stand up. I get out there, and I look at the thing, and it, so- it sounds like it's going to be okay. So we go to the course, and we get on the course, and we're playing, and it's raining, and then it's sunshine, and then it's clouds, and then it's raining, and then it's lightning. You know, and, of course, anybody would say, well, you should probably get off the course right then. What did we do? We kept playing. Why? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's raining, and I, of course, I've, I have just sent one into the other fairway, not the one I'm trying to hit, and, uh, and it's cart pads only, so I'm sloshing through in these shoes over to this fairway. I have my nine iron, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to swing, and I take that, and it slips out of my hand and sticks into the ground, and Seth is looking at me, and he's dying laughing. And I'm like, oh, man, he saw that. That just sucks. Judd's about 130 yards in front of me. So I'm like, all right, I got to redeem myself. So I, I, pick up the, I pick the thing up, and I go again. I just send it. It goes up, and I'm going, oh, no. Oh, no. And it comes down, and I, I'm like, um, look out. Like, you're supposed to say four. You're supposed to use your big boy voice. I just had what Seth called later a mouse voice come out, right? The ball hits Judd in the arm and then lodges into the golf cart behind the back. What I should have said at that point is, hey, take, uh, take the golf cart and go to the green because you've got to play it where it lies, right? <laughs> it was so much fun. I had so much fun yesterday. That has absolutely nothing to do with what I want, but I just really wanted to tell you that. So you're studying Matthew, and here's the thing about Matthew. Matthew's written to the Jews. Every single gospel has a different author and a different recipient. And the author to the author is Matthew, the, the recipient is the Jews. So he uses the Old Testament to preach the gospel. And he just does that all the way through along with Jesus' teaching stories. And so you guys have just kind of come out of the Sermon on the Mount. Like, where have you seen a guy go on a mountain and come down with a law before? Moses. Right? Moses goes up on the law. A lot of stuff happens. He comes down first round. Doesn't go so well. He breaks the tablets. He gets the second round. Okay, so you got that story. You can read about it in Exodus. It's amazing. 
Jesus goes up on the mountain, and he sits down, and he starts to speak, okay? And he gives you this amazing teaching. And it's like the message of the teaching, if you read it, is like he just demands perfection. There's, there's no room for error. It's, it's perfection. Except in this one spot in the Lord's prayer where he says, forgive us as we forgive our debtors. And that's where like, man, <laughs> thank God he put that in there, right? Okay, so now he's come down and he's in Capernaum. Capernaum is about 10 miles away from this place. So he's got crowds. He's got people. No doubt he's done the healing bit. He's done the, he's done the raising from the dead. You read the book of John. It says, like, if we actually wrote down everything that Jesus did, the world couldn't contain the books. Okay? That's quite a statement. So Jesus does Jesus' stuff everywhere Jesus goes. In this story, Jesus is in Capernaum. He's either at Peter's house or his own house. I'll let people that are smarter than me figure that one out. But he's at home or in where the home is. And he's just doing his day, right? And a soldier comes up to him. Now think about this. Who's the occupying force? The Romans. We don't necessarily understand this. There's a lot of hatred between these two people. Okay, between the Jews and the Romans. So for a Roman centurion who has a hundred guys under him and who has authority to come to Jesus and beg, okay, means something serious has to happen. Why is he so upset about a servant? He's probably got a hundred servants. And if he needs more servants, he can just get more servants. Well, I think actually what the Bible's trying to say is it's probably his son. His little boy. And I don't speak the original languages, but I've watched and listened to some people that I trust. And that word can mean little boy. And it makes sense if it's his little child. Now, here's the other thing that's interesting about, about this story. If he has a little child and he's really concerned about him and he's a Roman centurion, he's actually not allowed to be married. He's not allowed to be married while he is in service for the 20, 25 years that he's doing that. But family lineage is really important to him, okay? But this is an illegitimate child. If it's an illegitimate child, that means it was, the kid was made, we'll just say in church, the wrong way, okay? What's Jesus' response? Think about this. What's Jesus' response? This is what he says. He says, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed with intense and trembling and tormenting pain. Okay, you think about that? Your little kid is lying at home, blown up, and this is probably demonic as well when it's talking about terrorizing. I'm I'm reading out of the Amplified, so I should have said that at the beginning. You guys are at the ESV. I love them all. Just stay away from the JWs and the Mormons, and you'll be okay. Okay? Okay? He's in tormenting pain, okay? It's, it's really, really going bad at, on the home front. And so this Roman centurion has to basically humble himself to the point where he's got to go to the guy who just came off the mountain making new law, who the Roman centurion could be called on by Rome to say, end that rebellion. Like, there's so much that's, that's just going to just collide right here. Jesus says this. I will come and heal him. What is he not saying? 
Your son's illegitimate. Okay? Look at your sin list. You're a Roman. You're the wrong ethnic group. You're this. You're that. Look at all the, like, here, I'm God. You want to see your sin list? Like, let's just undo the scroll and kick it down the aisle. No, he doesn't do that at all. He says, I'm going to come and heal him. Now, the next thing that happens is ridiculous. Because if there's one guy in the world you want coming to your house, it's God. Okay? Like, if, like, like literally, like, God's going to say, I want to come to your house, I'm going to heal him. And he says this, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Only say the word to my, and my servant will be healed or my son will be healed. For I'm a man subject to authority, higher in rank, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. Another, come, and he comes, as do my slaves, and he does. So he just tells Jesus, no, I don't want to do it your way. Really? You're going to tell that to God. Like, when that happens in other parts, like, it's not good, okay? But in this point, like, Jesus is going to step back, and it says, Jesus marveled, Okay? He's marveling at the man's faith. Now, why is he marveling at the man's faith? Because this guy understands authority. He understands who Jesus actually is. He has come to Jesus. He's begging. He's taking his position. No doubt he's politically connected. He's, he's, uh, he, he's the guy that is in charge of Capernaum. There's a lot of money that comes through this city. He's the guy that makes sure that the taxes get paid. Okay, he's, that, he, That's his job. Jesus says that, he's, that he marvels at this. Now, if you just press pause and think about this, I've heard a rule. I'm not in business, and you don't want me in business because I'll run it into the ground. I am not a business guy. But there's, have you ever heard of the rule of the three horses? The first one is the thoroughbred. Okay? The thoroughbred is, this is the idea that works every time. So we need profits to go up. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. It's always worked. It's worked for 100 years. It's going to work for the next 100 years. Implement it. Make it happen. Done. Okay? Then there's like the crazy guy that comes in and is like, wait. So we're going to say, this guy's the Mustang. And he's a little bit edgier. Okay? He's going to take a little bit more risk. And that risk is maybe going to produce a little bit more, which is like, wow. Right? But then there's a third horse. The third horse is the unicorn. Now, I'm just going to ask you a question. How many unicorns have you ever seen? Right? Exactly. Because the guy that comes up with the unicorn idea is the one that's shelved right away. But what I would argue is when you look around the world, everything that really blows up huge, okay, Tesla, iPhone, SpaceX, I could go on. Those are unicorn ideas. Old mate right here, he has a unicorn idea. Jesus, here's the deal. You don't need to come. You just got to say the word, and it's going to happen. So he says, Jesus says, uh, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith. Who is the guy? He's a Roman centurion. Okay? He's the guy that's in charge of executions. He's in charge of taking your money. He's in charge. I mean, he's just the guy that you don't want to anger, right? He's, he's, he's the law. So they tell you the truth. I haven't found such great faith in anyone in Israel. And to say to you, 
and to say that many Gentiles will come from the east and the west and will sit at the feet of the table and enjoy the promises with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the kingdom of heaven because, here's the key, because they accepted me as Savior. That's the key. You don't know Jesus today, here's the deal. That's what you need to do. He's knocking on your heart. And the first basic thing is like, Jesus, you're it. He died, he rose again, and it's accepted by faith as we heard just a few minutes ago. It's how the gift is received. And then he says this. He says, well, the sons and the heirs of the kingdom, meaning he's talking about physical Jews at this point. He says, while the sons and the heirs of the kingdom, the descendants of Abraham who will not recognize me as Messiah... Remember, this book is written to the Jews. He says, these people will be thrown out into outer darkness, and that place which is farthest removed from the kingdom, there will be weeping and sorrow and pain, grinding of teeth and distress and anger. Okay, just listen to that. I'm going to just, that's a, we, in, this, in the Bible school, that we call that a list. Okay, just, I'm gonna just going to read the list. The list is weeping, sorrow, pain, Grinding of teeth, distress, anger. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was restored to health that very hour. Okay, that's the story. It's pretty powerful, right? So, like, how do we move forward with that? Well, there's a lot of ways that you can move forward with that. But the way that I want to move forward with that is um, I'm going to start in, I, I just want to, I want to read a verse in Luke 6.38. If you have a Bible, open to Luke 6.38. And I'll go back to the ESV here. So that's, there we go. He says this, and this is red letter edition, so this is Jesus talking. He says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. With the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Okay, that is a command from Jesus mixed with a promise. Now, before I get going on this, you're going to say, don't go all televangelist on me, J.D. Look, I know there's people that have butchered, they've taken this, and they've been, they've been, they, it's been wrong. But it doesn't take away from the fact that the Bible still says this. Okay? Now, I want to start with, or I just want to say this. Uh, Judson, can you come up here? The privileges of the older brother. But because I hit him with the golf ball earlier, I'm not going to be mean to him. So could you just stand over here? And I want you to just hold this penny. Okay? It's a penny. How much is a penny worth? Okay? It's worth a penny. Which is just exactly, exactly my point. In Mark chapter 12, there's a story of Jesus, and he's just got done destroying all the religious leadership in, uh, in the temple. And then it says that he's sitting over and he's watching the offering box, okay? And there's people putting in large sums of money. And there's this little widow, and she comes in. So a widow. So she was married. She's not married. Does she have kids? Like, what's her story? Is she old? Like, the, the questions you could ask are endless. 
And she comes and she puts two mites, which are less than a penny. And Jesus says, this woman has put in more than all the others because she's given out of her poverty, not out of her wealth. Okay? This woman is filled with generosity towards Jesus. And those two mites are less than the penny that Judson is holding. Now, Seth, can you please come up here? And since I did not hit Seth yesterday, I'm going to obliterate him today, and I call this older brother privilege, okay? So, Seth, uh, go ahead, stand up here, and I'm going to start. Can you hold out your arms? Aren't you glad you got hit yesterday? (laughs) That's a 45-pound plate. This is a 25-pound plate. And my dad is the mathematician in the house. I did not get that gene, but I know that that's 75 pounds. That is what is called one talent. Okay? That's one talent. That is a... You doing okay? Yeah, you're good. Okay, he's good right now. In five minutes. Yeah, it's... So I'm going to go really long. Okay? This is going to take a long time. Okay? Now here's the deal. When you look at Chronicles 22 and 29, David gives two different offerings of gold, and it comes out to 103,000 talents of gold. 103,000 of these just in gold bars. The woman that Jesus is like, she gave more than everything, gave less than a penny. I would argue that both of these people in these stories, Jesus marvels at. Just like the centurion. All right, boys. Set it down. You can, yeah. <laughs> and you can keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Seth. So if you look... So I've, I've issued the, the, the qualitative price of the penny, right? It's a penny. It's like you're not even going to have them soon. They're going away. Where I live in Australia, they don't exist. When it says like $9.99, they just always round up and you pay 10 <laughs> right? Because that's, that's how they play the game. David gives 103,000 talents of gold. That And he also gives a million talents of silver. In today's money, just gold, you're talking about a $213 billion gift. So when you take this wealth that David gives, he gives basically what Elon Musk has, and he gives it to God as a gift in order for the temple to be built. That is an amazing act of generosity. How do you get Jesus to marvel? Like, how can you do it? How can you step out in faith and go, wow, Jesus just goes, like, like, here's the deal. We're not awesome people. In fact, we're pretty terrible, okay? Myself included. But it's amazing that we could do something that makes Jesus go, wow, that is really cool. And while there's a million places that I could go, I just wanted to say generosity is something that each and every one of us could do 
because we all have stuff? The end of First Chronicles 29, um, you know, you guys read Matthew 6 where it says, don't, let your, don't blow a trumpet about your giving and don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. But then in Chronicles 29, David says, this is what I've done. Now, Israel, what are you going to do? Okay, which what that is, is that's permission to teach on how to give. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share some stories that have happened with me and that have happened around me. And then I'm going to ask you a question. Because I want you to walk out of here and have Jesus marvel. When I came home from Afghanistan, okay, I, I had no idea my dad was going to say that this morning. I was loaded, okay, as far as a sergeant is concerned. I had $20,000 in the bank, and it was all tax-free money that had come in. I ended up going into YWAM. And we got into YWAM, and we heard that people had come here on faith. And I said, what does that mean? They said, well, Jesus told me to go here, but I didn't have the money, but I'm being obedient anyway. And so what's happening is while I'm sitting in these meetings, the Lord's tapping me on the shoulder, and he says, pay that bill. And so it's like, it's like Lord, that's like three grand. And so I go to Candace. I say, she's like, yeah, I feel the same way. So, okay, we just kind of pay the bill. We didn't tell anybody about it. We just did it. And through the course of three months, that 20 grand was reduced to zero. Okay? But several people were really blessed because of that 20 grand got spent in that way. So then it's like, well, I need to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join missions. I'm going to become a missionary. Well, you don't get a paycheck as a missionary. You actually go and with the kindness and generosity of other people, that's how we function as missionaries. There's a lady that you all know, okay? And I've been going back and forth. Do I? I'm going to tell you this story because this, this story blew me away. Her name's Mary Rose. She is an absolute legend. She's over at my house. She's really good friends with my mom, and she's like, she's bubbly, right? And she's like, she's so excited about this decision that Candace and I have made about going into missions. And she does the missionary handshake where it's like crumpled up bills or a check. And it's like gives it to you to handshake and just kind of leaves it there in like a, one of those. You know, so no one else sees. What is that? That's, that's not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And she goes, I just love you so much. And I'm thinking, man, you're working at Marshall Fields. You got two kids. You know, it, things are tight. Thanks for the 50 bucks. That, that's what's going on. And I'm, I'm honestly grateful for that. And I open that check up, and it's for $1,000. And she did that more than once. Okay? That's Mary. That's generosity. That is making Jesus marvel, like that she would do something like that. I love that woman. A couple years ago, I was sitting at a table we had a DTS student over. And this DTS student is telling us, like, you got to just see, like, this girl is quality. She is absolute quality. She's, like, she's just, but she's got to, like, go through the hoops before she can, you know, be there. And, of course, she comes from a background that's, like, she just, you know, there's no, like, it's just, and I feel the Lord say, oh, here's the deal. Empty your account. 
I'm like, okay, well, it's, so I just went into the other, we made it happen, and I went in, the, or I went in the next day, and I just, I just paid her way through school, okay? Because Jesus said to do it, and I'm telling you a story where I was just simply obedient. I can give you thousands of stories where I haven't been obedient. This is not a pat me on the back. This is, this is an example of what it looks like to walk in this way. And she got the word that she, her thing is paid, and she's able to make her way through school. Her life has completely changed direction because God put it on my heart to put several thousand dollars into her account to pay the bill, right? Okay, she's, compl- like, she's gotten through DTS, she's gotten through SBS, and now she's going as a, as a registered nurse to work on, um, on a ship uh, in, from Townsville that goes up to um, Papua New Guinea. Her life has completely changed. And like that, that, that moment was a defining moment, right? So it's like that verse is, but it says, give and it will be given to you. 2019, my friend, Brian Huntsberger, he's like, JD, you got to get a motorcycle. I said, Brian, I have a $20,000 visa bill, not the credit card type, that I'm going to stay in the country type, okay? $20,000. And I had several grand on the credit card. It's just, you know, it was a difficult time. And I said, look, I can't get the bike. He goes, J.D., you need to get a motorcycle. You have to get a motorcycle. He had just gotten a motorcycle. I'm one of his best friends. He's like, you got to get a motorcycle. I understand the logic, okay? I completely understand this logic. And I'm blessed with a wife that also understands this logic. We just, it's just, but it's not there. And if it's not there, it's not there. So he's teaching 1 Corinthians that year, and there's this verse in 1 Corinthians where it says, remember the saints. And his application for, that, for, for the, the, the nine hours that he taught 1 Corinthians to our school was this, okay? He had gone behind my back, what a jerk, talked to all, my, all our friends from Montana and, the, and, and on, the, on the coast, and he had combi- compiled eight thousand dollars cash and he stands up in front of class he says jd come up here it's like come up there and he says he goes it says remember the saints and i felt like the lord wanted me to do this he gives me this thick envelope of australian funny money and he puts it in my hand he says now go buy that motorcycle so i went and i bought that motorcycle the next week i was in the next week, I'm speaking in Gold Coast. And as I'm speaking in Gold Coast, they have me do what's called Bible overview. It's a super simple thing. You just take them from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 in like five days. So it's just, you know, it's real, real quick, easy. So we get through the week. It's been, it's been an awesome time. It's been super fun. And the school leader comes up. She's probably 26. And she goes, you know, do you have any prayer requests? I said, yeah, I do. I have, uh, I have a, um, a, a, a meth head prostitute that's living on our property in the granny flat. And it's causing all kinds of havoc. And I need wisdom on how to deal with this. And I have this uh, $20,000 debt or this, this need for a visa bill so that I can stay in the country and continue to do what God's called me to do. So she says, okay, let's pray. So everybody gets around and puts their hands on you know, the head that's YWAM style, and then they call it Korean-style prayer because Koreans, when they pray, they just go for it. Like, everybody's praying at once. It's like there's so much more volume of prayer that happens at one time. 
So it's then labeled Korean Thai. So that's what's happening. But all those hands are on me, and it gets like, I don't care how strong you are. It, you, it gets, it's heavy. This kid comes up to me. He's 19 years old. He's Canadian. He goes, how much did you say you needed? I said, well, I said, it's like 19 and change. I put 500 down. I'm kind of like trying to break it down for him, like be as honest as I can. And he goes, oh, I have 18. I said, what? Wait, so what, first of all, what are you saying to me? He goes, well, I, I, you know, I graduated high school before I came here and I saved my money and I wanted, I wanted that to go to, um, uh, you know, to a down payment on a house or buy a car when I get back. But I just feel like the Lord wants me to give it to something eternal. You want to talk about like just like getting wrenched here? Turns out sending that money across the globe takes a few days. I didn't understand that at the time. But over the next week, that kid sent $18,000 Canadian, which after the conversion rate covered our visa bill with 50 bucks to spare. Okay? The Lord takes care of you. Give and it will be given to you. Press down, running over with the measure you use it, it will be given back to you. I could tell you story after story after story after story of how I've seen God provide. My friend Brian, I'll, I'll give you one more. My friend Brian, this same guy, he's one of the most generous people. I, I have actually had the privilege of knowing a lot of generous people, and a lot of them are sitting right here in the front row, and it's my family. Brian, he's driving. Uh, he's in the middle of a giant legal battle to stay. It's, it's, it's a mess, and he's just under the stress, and he's going down for another appointment, and he just hears God say, um, give your pastor everything in your bank account. He's like, what? He's like, I've been putting away $100 a week faithfully for years in order, and so he's got this little nest egg that's supposed to be as a down payment for a house. And he goes out and he just, he's, he's talking with his wife, Tiffany. He says, Tiff, I, this is what I think the Lord's saying. And so they call the bank on the way home. They're like, Can, do you have, have 10000 Because that's what was in the account. And he says, he says yeah, that's it's in, it's in the account. So he goes to the bank and he grabs $10,000 cash, just a wad of cash in the thing. And he drives to the church where the pastor is. And just so happens that Tim is walking out that day. And it's like, to try to get a hold of this guy, this guy is in so many different directions, to try to get a hold of him. And to see him in the parking lot is, is like, it never happens, okay? But he just walked out that day. Tim walks up to Brian, and he says, hey, what are you guys doing? And Brian goes, ha, I'm here to give you a huge wad of cash. <laughs> he goes, oh, that'd be great. That's funny. And he's, you know, you know, chew the fat for a few more minutes. He goes, seriously, why are you here? It's a Tuesday. Like, what's, what's the deal? He says, no, I'm here to give you a wad of cash. Tim who is Australian, but he was actually the chaplain on the ground when the Columbine shooting happened. Interesting fact, he walked all those, all those cops through that horrific incident that happened in 1999. He's a pastor in Australia, and he says, my wife um, needs an operation, and it has to happen in the States, and it's $7,000, and the tickets for us to go were 1500 each, and I put it all in the credit card, and I didn't know where it was coming from. So Brian just rocks up and 10 grand, bam, right out his window. No receipt, no, no tax free, just right out the window. He says, well, there you go, and drives away. 
It says, give, and it will be given to you. What happened, as you, as you kind of fast forward, it was four to five months later, through another crazy series of events, he was actually able to purchase his house without that nest egg that he was saving, like God had provided yet through crazy and amazing ways. What is that? That, I think, makes Jesus marvel when you do that. When you say, yeah, I'm going to trust you in who you are. I'm going to trust you for salvation. I'm going to trust you for provision. I'm going to trust that, you're just, that, that you have the absolute best for me. And I'm going to hold everything you give me like this. So here's the question. The reason I chose generosity is because it's the one spiritual gift that everybody can walk in. You want to make Jesus marvel? Let me give you an idea. There's the widow and there's the bazillionaire. It's not about the amount. It's about what's in here. If you're worried about this, you don't know how to do this. Next time you go to Starbucks, be the one that pays for your friend. The next time you go out for a meal and your buddy's behind you and it's like a split ticket, say, no, man, I got this. And just do it. Or maybe you have the means to do something that's way far beyond anything that that, uh, I've talked about this morning. And you're just in a unique position. Well, do it. Be active in that. Make Jesus marvel. Remember, we're not awesome people. We are so screwed up that it took him to come to earth, dress himself up in a man suit, go to a cross, die a merciless death, Raise again so that the wrath of God would be appeased and we can have peace with God. We, we have that. And that makes us clean. And then on top of that, we have the ability to make Jesus marvel. Here's one more idea. Who's the, who's the single woman, the single mom that you know that's really struggling Fill her tank up with gas. Put groceries on her doorstep. Go to Costco and just go wild. Okay? Just do something crazy. Be a freaking unicorn. And watch God marvel at you. I also want to say this. You guys have supported my family for 18 years now in missions. Thank you. Thanks for giving to us. Thanks for praying for us. Thanks for being there for us. We love you guys. We love you guys a lot. Last time I was in this building, my mom was right here. It was three and a half years ago. I hope to not make it, I hope to make that time a little shorter because my kids really, my, my youngest son, Sam, I said, uh, someone asked him, I said, Sammy, he's nine. Sammy, what do you want your dad to bring you home, bring home for you? Because, you know, America has everything, right? America has everything. And he goes, 
friends and family. <laughs> That's you guys. So I'm going to pray for us, and then someone's going to come up and take the microphone away from me, and I'm going to sit down. Jesus, um, I pray that you would just unload hearts of generosity onto everybody in here. I pray, Jesus, for people who do not know you that would be blessed by time and finances, by the people in this room. Lord, I pray for those ideas that are so crazy that are classified as unicorns because they're just never done. Lord, I pray that you would give us these moments and that we'd walk in that and that we could be like a centurion, a really screwed up individual, but yet you marvel at our faith. Give us that faith, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for every single person here and just for the thousands of people that have walked through the doors of Meadows for the many, many years that these doors have been open. And in your name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.